0: Welcome to Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 229 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I'm the Stuffed Up. Sniffleless, naughty creatrix behind Kick-Ass witch, putting the K in magic and hippie witch. The show you are listening to right now. <laughs> I also have a free ebook by that name, hippie witch, peace, love, and all that good shit. And you can pick up a big copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode. Back on Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> I can't stop laughing because why would anybody? Lead a podcast episode talking about snot. I don't know. It's disgusting. (laughs) But I did, and so there's that. Something about decluttering and space clearing. Once you really get into it, and that's what we've been talking about here all month long, in case you missed the memo, feng shui with a special emphasis on decluttering is what we're talking about. Once you can really get into that, it can... This is what it's done to me. (laughs) It can have you looking for other ways to make space in your life. You just start craving that experience across the board, I think. And for me, I just started having these weird messages pop up um, about detoxing, Ayurvedic detoxing and things like, and they just hit me at the right time, so it wasn't even like I just was digging around looking for new ways <laughs> to make space, but those things just came my way. I wonder if it was the, the space clearing that brought them my way. I can get very, uh, I don't know, woo-woo with things like that sometimes, uh, but that's why I sound like a disgusting snot monster today and why I almost didn't record this for you, why I'm recording it at the last minute, and why I may end up not posting it. I have to listen back to hear how how bad I sound. (laughs) I have been playing around with some Ayurvedic cleansing techniques, like lymph detoxing. And uh, it's really simple, like easy to do, simple but powerful stuff. I gotta say I'm shocked at how easy it is, but like how dramatic the effect is um one of the main things I'm doing is sipping warm, hottish, warmish water all throughout the day, starting when I first wake up. It really doesn't get more simple than that, and I actually I'm a big tea drinker, so I always like to have a warm drink around, so it's a very easy thing for me to do. It's pretty natural already, <laughs> but um. Apparently, this is a detoxing thing that Ayurvedic practitioners use. So I decided to give it a try and holy crap, it actually worked. It's also supposed to be about hydration, like the deep hydration of your internal tissues. And in, in that deep hydration, it starts moving toxins out. And there are a variety of ways you can move toxins, and one of them is via snot. Uh, So I started doing that, (laughs) and my body was like, oh, oh, we're doing this. Okay, well, let's do it. Clear the decks. Let the snot flow. (laughs) So all weekend, and especially on Mother's Day, I have had like, I don't know, I would call it like a detox cold to where I can't breathe out my nose at night, (laughs) like mouth breathing when I'm sleeping. And uh, one night, it was really bad. It was Mother's Day night, and I could not sleep because I can't breathe out my mouth and sleep. It's just, I don't know, your mouth gets all dry, and it's, it's very difficult to fall asleep. And I, it took me a long, 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 long time. I kept looking at the clock and being like, oh, my God. I had so much vapor rub going on. <laughs> and uh, I finally got to sleep, and my dad butt-dialed me at 4 o'clock in the morning because he's on island time. He's like three hours ahead of me, and he's a, he's a chronic butt-dialer. It's a problem that needs to stop, but it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it got my adrenaline going, and I was like, Ah! So then I barely slept that night. (laughs) So you would think I would not, that I would just stop and be like, okay, enough. But there's this weird, gross part of me that's like, ooh, this is nasty. But it's also like totally amazing. I want to see how far I can go with it now. (laughs) So let it flow. Let it flow. Detoxing has been like that. Uh, this lymphatic detoxing, but so has decluttering my home. It's just, I've I've talked about this here already, but like clearing space in my home has been a little melodramatic. (laughs) Every time I clean, really detox a space that has a lot of clutter, it just seems to stir up a lot of chaos. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I kind of like prepare myself, okay, this could happen, and it always happens, and then I'm just like, all right, well, let's see where this lands us, you know, this is energy moving, and I wanted to talk about moving energy today, space clearing, and then I also want to mention something that's been on my mind since I did that video on Thursday, I did a live stream on YouTube explaining what the Bagua map is, in feng shui, and how to use it, and afterward, I had a thought. That I was like, hmm, where am I going to share this thought? So I'm just going to tack it on to this episode here. But mainly I want to talk about moving energy, space clearing. Uh, Let's see. Where shall I begin? Uh, I personally have had, like I keep saying, such a dramatic experience with this particular round of decluttering and feng shui that... What I really want to say today to any skeptics is just try it. Just try it and see what happens, especially if you have a lot of junk. And let's face it, many of us living in the privileged West, we do. We have a lot of junk. And it's almost like we've become imprisoned or enslaved by our privilege, it's like the the golden, the gilded cage. It looks so beautiful, but it's really a trap. We're trapped by our stuff and hypnotized, really, I believe, into buying more and more and more. I know sometimes I sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist, theorist with uh, always bringing up the malignant magic of the media and advertising, but I'm going to bring it up here again <laughs> because So much of the programming that has shaped who we are and what we buy and how we think and what we do, it was intentionally and cleverly put into place by marketers with a fierce understanding of how the mind works and uh, they understand how to use, uh uh-oh, am I going to sneeze? I don't know. Okay, it's going to pass. This is why I think I might have to redo this episode. <laughs> I knew this would happen. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Carry on, Joanne. <laughs> so these marketers—they really they study this, they understand it. I recommend checking out Edward Bernays' book Propaganda, which I he's the father of propaganda, and a lot of our understanding of of how to, how to sell people on ideas really stems, it goes all the way back to that book. But anyway, these marketers, they understand how to use the most beautiful models and the you know the precise combination of words, the most seductive music and fear tactics in order to get you to feel how they want you to feel so that they can then get you to do what they want you to do. In in relation to today's topic, what they want you to do is buy their stuff and keep buying it. (laughs) So that either means, you know, like the old stuff is always going out of fashion or going out of style or it's not made to last. Um, You're shamed by the old stuff because you don't have the new stuff. Do you have the latest upgrade? If not, you're not that cool. You're just not that cool, dude. Consumerism is the devil, I'm fully convinced. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Maybe I could just patch this together. I could edit it. That's time consuming. Okay. So having said all that about the malignant magic of the media and, and advertising and, and, and how it, it kind of locks us into this gilded cage, let's talk about moving the junk out. Of course, you want to stop that cycle of bringing more junk in, uh, but nothing, I think, can motivate you to do that, like clearing the junk out and really being like, oh my God, I have a lot of stuff. I have so much stuff. Who needs this many shoes? Who needs this many books? Who needs all these toys? Like, what are we doing? I only end up using like 20% of this stuff and the rest is just here taking up space. Like, Once you really get into it and you really dive into the experience of all the crap you have, (laughs) it kind of makes you not want to bring any more in. You start to get more discerning. Um, And I already talked here about why I personally feel that it's important to focus on Decluttering before you start focusing on like just the just the nuts and bolts of decluttering, like getting rid of stuff. I think it's important to focus on that before you start focusing on the more mystical, subtle forms of energy work. Or getting into like uh I want to say superstition, but I don't think all of feng shui is superstition, but I want to say the superstition of feng shui, the magic of feng shui, let's put it that way. I think. You know, the first step is addressing, addressing your clutter. And I talked about that in the last episode that I did uh, called Your Home as the Vision Board of Your Soul. So if you missed that, I hope you'll go back and listen uh, because that's the episode in which I really emphasize that. And there's just good information as well. Uh, but I, wo- I do want to say that there are a few things that you can do to get the decluttering ball rolling Uh, and to kind of lighten the vibe before you dive in. Because it can be intimidating. It can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. This is something that I hear people talk about and something I've personally experienced that it can be very paralyzing when you're staring down a great big pile of stuff or a super cluttered room. Like You just kind of freeze. You don't know what to do first. It's And it's just too much to take on, so you don't do anything. But there are little things that you can do to, like, fortify yourself to the cause (laughs) before you get started, to kind of, like, amp yourself up, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, Some people, I think these are already neat freaks, in my opinion. (laughs) That's my judgment on it, but some people recommend taking a bath or a shower before you get started And then even to wear all white, like before you get started, to take a cleansing bath or shower and then to put on an outfit of all white before you do the decluttering. And I guess the concept there is that you're starting from a place of like clean, clean purity, you yourself personally before you start cleansing your home. I'm more of a shower after kind of person. <laughs> and I like I like to wear like my grubbiest gear and my hair up in a bun so so that I feel free to get down with the grime. I think it really it probably depends on what level of filth you're dealing with. Let's face it. <laughs> and I had a I had a, I had a lot of just A lot of filth, stacks of boxes and bags and stuff. So maybe it's not like this for everyone. It probably depends on, you know, what level of clutter you're dealing with, how far along in the decluttering process you've come, and then just what kind of person you are. So if you want to wear white, you go ahead. You wear that white. I am going to edit this because I have to blow my nose. Note to self, go back and edit this. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh, ah, the magic of GarageBand and editing. Now you don't have to listen to me blow my nose. I hate when people blow their noses, especially in restaurants. Please never blow your nose in a restaurant when people are eating food. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I get like emotionally violent when I'm trying to eat and somebody like next to me is blowing their nose. I, I, I have never sassed someone over that, but I'm tempted to every time. To just turn around and be like, seriously, what? is wrong with you people are eating here (laughs) and I also think that would be very rude to do when you're listening to a podcast especially if you're a person like me who likes to listen to podcasts with earbuds in (laughs) um so moving on talking about wearing white and taking a bath and all of that to me that seems silly but maybe I'm just not at that point in the process yet. You, the videos I've seen with people doing this, their homes are like immaculate and really like lots of white space. And they come out in their white outfit and I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's your world. It's not mine. <laughs> but I will say that Opening all the windows in the room that you're working in, or your whole home if you can, that makes sense for a variety of reasons. Um, One, it releases some of the airborne toxins that can accumulate over time, and most modern homes have a lot of airborne toxins going on, so you just want to open your windows as often as possible, but especially before you start stirring up dust and stuff like that. And it also gets... It gets some fresh negative ions. Negative is a good thing, by the way, when you're talking about ions. It gets some fresh negative ions moving through your space, giving it literally, giving it an like an electric charge, a good electric charge, especially especially if there's a breeze, which um, that'll have a really big energetic energy impact that you can actually feel if there's a little breeze going on and it's moving those ions and uh charging your space like that and then of course obviously music helps too like a really kick-ass soundtrack something I think the way I, I don't know maybe you like to listen to like Mozart or something but what gets me moving is something that I would like work out to you know like uh whatever gets you feeling like pumped and energized, I think that's the best thing to clean to, you know, you want to get into a rhythm with it, you want to sustain your energy, I also think it'd be cool to do a little dancing before you get going, uh, just to get the blood circulating, and lift your mood, and be like, all right, let's do this thing, (laughs) I do that, and I end up like, bopping around while I'm cleaning, I just kind of like, okay, I get into the groove, and I don't even make it through a full song before I'm like, working on the project. So that really helps me. Um, Those, I think, are some of the more practical ways that you can prepare. And then from there, you can get as woo-woo as you want to be. Just as long as you're not procrastinating. You don't want, like, a (laughs) 30-minute ritual just to declutter, like, one drawer, you know? Like, open a window and call it a day. Uh, The idea behind energetic space clearing is that... Rooms and homes and places are imprinted with the energy of experiences that have happened there. So, this energy can accumulate and end up impacting the health and the moods and the emotions of the people living or even visiting there. Which is, I mean, that's why new agey people like to do a house cleaning before they move into their homes or house clearing and energetic clearing. Um, Even if the people who lived there before were perfectly lovely and led happy, positive lives, you still want to start with a clean slate. Fresh, fresh vibe before you move into a space. And I think the quickest way to understand the way energy can linger in a space is to remember a time when you walked into a room right after people were arguing and you could literally feel the tension like thick in the air. Has that ever happened to you? Sadness lingers like that, illness, depression. You can literally feel those energies in a room or a home, especially if, if it's just happened, you know. Um, and then sometimes the energy is stagnant or just kind of stale and it needs to be moved around and aired out. A little bit. I think we need to do that regularly in our homes anyway. Just like keep the energy flowing. Keep the tea flowing. Uh, so that's why people do this. Um, indigenous cultures around the world, as far as I know, they all have their own tradition of space clearing, like different ways they do that. Uh, Something from Native American cultures that has been heavily appropriated by the New Age and witchy communities is the use of burning sage, usually in the form of a smudge stick or wand. And you've probably seen that. You've probably done it yourself. Um, Interestingly, burning sage and other herbs has been scientifically proven to disinfect a space. It eliminates bacteria and pathogens from the environment. So there's that. I always enjoy like a little scientific validation for these things. Um, I'm not sure if burning Palo Santo has a similar effect, but many people like to use that too. I am not one of them. I personally love the scent of Palo Santo until it is (laughs) burned. Which I guess defeats the purpose. I like the wood. It smells good. But something about that smoke is just like sickeningly sweet to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. And speaking of other things I don't like, copal. Copal. Copal incense. Copal. I think it's copal. My friend Marla, she's taken a couple of trips down to Mexico and is nice enough to bring me back goodies. She she's brought me back some amazing skulls because I like skulls. Um and uh this <laughs> the last time I saw her, she brought me incense. I think Copal is the entire ingredient or it's the, the dominant ingredient. It's like a a resin that they use in these Mexican uh churches, I guess. And she was like, This is the real deal, this is what they burn. Um, you know this is their sacred incense, I guess. And I was like, oh, cool. She gave me a couple sticks of it and I burnt it. I'm sorry, Marla, if you're listening right now, but it was not burning long before I was like, oh my God, Megan, stop. Put it out. Put it out. I was so, I was so freaked out. I did not enjoy that. It was like the thickest, weirdest smell to me. So, it's, it's 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 personal, you, you know? I mean, don't get all hung up on what someone else says is sacred if it makes you feel like gagging. Um, I personally like to use a basic incense stick, just like stick incense. I use that. I like to burn incense anyways, but I also use it to energetically cleanse a space it's easy it's convenient it's cost effective it's less messy it comes in a variety of scents and I I've got my favorites and um I have this little when I'm doing space clearing using incense I have this little miniature cauldron that it's like a multi-purpose cauldron I like to use it for a variety of things uh but I, when I'm, when I'm space clearing with incense, I hold the cauldron under the stick of incense and then I take it all through my home so the cauldron can catch the ash. Something else, just speaking of the cauldron that comes to mind, um, this is more about my own personal energy and not the energy of my home, but something else I like to do with the cauldron is I take little leaves of sage that I've gathered on my walks or recently we had a gardener, get a little overzealous with um, a lavender bush that we have and cut it all to pieces. Um, there was a bunch laying on the ground and I didn't want to let it go to waste so I brought it in and I dried it. So I'll just take like the leaves of those and then I just have like a little ceremony with myself at my carwin statue. I've got this little altar set up and I'll have I have a candle burning and I'll take each leaf individually and light it with the intention of that leaf representing whatever it is I want to release and then I just one by one I I light it and I drop it in the cauldron and I every time I light a leaf I think about or I say out loud what I'm releasing sometimes it's just the same thing over and over and over again sometimes it's like various aspects of the same issue but I just do that until I feel clear until I feel like my work is done here. I feel good until I feel like I've created a shift and then I put the lid on the cauldron or I just stand there more often and watch the smoke waft and sage and lavender. They have, they have, they have magical qualities. I, it makes an awesome shift. And then sometimes I just burn them in the cauldron and then I go around the house and then I use that for space clearing too. So I have a few techniques I like to use. I also really like the use of sound which surprised me. But uh, sound, I'm struggling here to not be gross. Speaking of sound, it surprised me because I would hear people talk about it and I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, right, dude. Um, But sound really carries. And if I would have given it more thought, it would have made sense to me probably in the beginning. But um, I'm always like a little bit of a woo-woo skeptic. (laughs) I just made up a word in my last video. I said skepticism. I don't know why I said that, but I didn't hear it till I listened back to the video. It made me laugh. I was like, well, the things that come out of my mouth sometimes. I can be a little bit of a woo-woo skeptic and until I really experience something for myself, and then I'm like super evangelical about it. But sound waves emanate through a space, and they really seem to create a palpable shift. If you've ever experienced a sound bath meditation using singing bowls, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I have had some crazy experiences with singing bowls where I just leave the planet. I don't even know what planet I'm on until the meditation is over. Um, you can literally feel sound. And um, I don't know, It can get sound can get inside of you and start moving things around, I think. And it's also less messy and time-consuming than smudging. So that might be a good thing to consider for... Uh, Anyone who doesn't, you know, want to get herby with the house or if you're sensitive to smoke. So what you do is you go around your house and instead of burning smoke, a lot of people use a fan, by the way, when they're smudging with smoke to like fan the smoke out and you can get really creative using found feathers to make your own fan or something like that. But the way sound works is there's a number of different ways. You might be able to use singing bowls. I've never considered that until just now, but... The way I usually see it done is clapping and uh, using bells or I have a xylophone here. I I busted it out to to share it with you, but I'm a little bit worried it might blow your ears out. But I'm going to try because I think it's cool. So basically, you go through the corners of your house. Really, the way I focus on space clearing is the corners because energy supposedly collects in the corners of your home. Um, and then I like to do it like in the center of a room as well. but if I'm in a hurry, I just do the corners of the rooms and um, I have a essential oil spray I love it's just water with grapefruit oil and lavender oil. It's my favorite 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 combo. it smells so fresh and clean and energizing in a in a lovely calm way. <laughs> Energizing in a calm way. <laughs> I guess that's a paradox but that's how it makes me feel. Um, But because it's in a water solution I have to shake it. So FYI if you want to make your own grapefruit lavender essential oil spray make sure you shake the bottle before um, you use it because it'll settle in the water. Anyway I would I go around and when I'm in a hurry I just spray that in the corners of my house. I do that almost every day now. I started doing it during this decluttering feng shui journey that I'm on, and now I just do it all the time because I can really feel a shift. You want to do something similar with the smoke or with the sounds, uh, just clapping your hands is something you can do really quick. We all, as far as I know, most of us, I guess not all of us, most of us have a pair of hands. So um, you just go and you clap, clap, clap. You can hear the, the sound kind of travels, so it can really give you a sense of breaking up energy. Or, like I said, you can use a bell. That's a really popular thing to do. I don't know if people use xylophones, but I happen to have several, and I have one I really like to use. So, I'm gonna ding it for you right now, and I hope it doesn't blow out your ears. I'm good I'm hoping too that the microphone can pick up the sound of of the waves carrying, the sound waves carrying. That's why I wanted to share it with you because it keeps going after the initial strike. and that's what I think has the clearing effect. The energetic clearing effect is how the sound waves they like emanate out. Um so here, let's try it, ready? do a different one. This one's high. (laughs) It's still going. It's still going. Do you hear that? See, I just love that. I love that. That feels good to me. (laughs) And if you don't want to get woo-woo If none of this is making sense to you, just start with something really basic and practical like dusting and vacuuming or washing the windows um, with intention. Do these things with intention. Like while you're dusting, tell yourself, you know, that you're you're removing old stagnant energy or when you're vacuuming, tell yourself, you know, you're sucking up all the bad vibes in your carpet (laughs) and in your life. Uh, Washing the windows windows in feng shui are the eyes of your home they represent your ability to see so that's something i really love to do with intention you know you can wash your windows and uh something that works really well by the way is like old newspaper and vinegar for washing windows it's a magical formula and it's so cheap you can get vinegar at the dollar tree (laughs) Just grab an old newspaper. It's the best thing. It doesn't even make streaks. Um, But anyway, so while you're doing that, you do it with intention, you know, and you can use a mantra or a little affirmation like, I am willing to see the truth or I'm willing to see the solution to X, Y, Z. And these things have a magical effect if you really commit to your intention, and you set that skeptical side of, of your mind down for a minute so you can actually have the experience. Um, speaking of skeptical, <laughs> Dana, um, the Tao of Dana, Dana Claudette, um, she recommends a salt-burning technique that seems a bit too involved for my taste, so I personally haven't tried it. And then another which everybody but me seems to love. <laughs> Which you place bowls of salt all around your home to absorb negative energy. <sighs> I, I love Dana, so I don't want to be rude. But I, I feel personally that this is a waste of money for me. <laughs> and salt. Good salt and money and a little bit messy. <laughs> But nobody agrees with me as far as I can tell. People are doing it and they're loving it. So I'm probably missing out on something amazing. I think I rejected that technique because it reminded me too much of the time I decided to get all hippy-dippy with the ant prevention (laughs) our house. I've since learned diatomaceous earth is the best thing for keeping ants away. Um... But our house attracts a lot of ants because there's a lot of earthquakes in California. So the sidewalk gets cracked and it's like the perfect situation for ants to set up camp. Uh, but they also come in the house in the summertime and it's super annoying. And I got really hippie with it one day, I one year, um, most years. I, I don't like to use chemicals. So I'm always looking for like the thing that will, will help keep the ants away. Peppermint oil is supposed to work too, by the way, but this one year I got this hair because I read that ants won't cross a cinnamon border, so um, <laughs> this is so disgusting to look at. Uh, I'm so glad you're not here to see, although I've tried to clean it up as best as I can, but we had cinnamon lining our medicine cabinet, our some shelves in the kitchen, some drawers in the kitchen, some windows that the ants were coming through, and... True enough, ants won't cross a cinnamon border for a very long time. It it does eventually lose its potency. But also, cinnamon is very messy. It, like, stained some things. I had to just completely take apart my medicine cabinet and paint it and put shelf paper in it. Because I couldn't get rid of the cinnamon. Um, and then we have this one drawer. I have, like, a stack of drawers of, like, utensils and stuff. And um, we haven't had any ants in there since I did this years ago, but we still get cinnamon. I take the drawers out and clean them. I don't know where the cinnamon is hiding, but if people slam the door, the top drawer enough, the cinnamon sprinkles down into the drawer below, getting all my utensils dirty and it's cinnamon is brown. So it makes things look really gross. (laughs) So um, I have bad feelings about, about, about messy hippie things like that um no more cinnamon (laughs) speaking of ants have I ever told you my aunt story I know I recently told my friend Eric but I don't know if I've told you guys I'm going to tell you really quick because it's super cool and very much about energy work uh one summer a long time ago in my 20s I met this qigong expert and he took an interest in me for some reason and We were hanging out and moving energy, playing around with energy. Uh, We were throwing swords, or I'm sorry, throwing knives. Um, And uh, we did like these little bamboo sword battles. And um, it was all very cool. And And one thing that just randomly he said, I mentioned that I was having an ant problem in my bathtub. And he's like, oh, well, let's just like, Tell them to leave. And we were in the valley and my home was in Hollywood. So we were very we- far away from my house. And he's like, well, just pray for them to leave or chant for them to leave. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so we did this prayer chant thing and asked the ants la- to leave. Could you please just leave and go somewhere else that's more beneficial to you? And it's a win-win for both of us. It was kind of like that. And I got home and the ants were gone. And they never came back. (laughs) I have tried to do this myself here at this home, but apparently I need this guy. I need this guy. He's got the good Qigong vibe to make the ants go. But that really impressed me. That is a really great example of energy work. The the mystery of it and how everything is made up with energy. And if you can tap into the right uh, line, so to speak, or the right channel, you can create some amazing changes in your life, including getting rid of ants in the bathtub, and then you don't have to make a disgusting mess with a bunch of cinnamon. <laughs> um And then I, I want to circle back around to what I was talking about in the video where I was talking about what the Bagua map is. Because after that video, I kept thinking about how I sometimes have this thought, the Bagua map is... Bagua is what I'm saying. It is a, it's like a template that you lay over the floor plan of your home, and then it tells you what the different sections of your house represent. So one section is for um, wealth and abundance, and another section is for love and marriage. There's a section for creativity. There's a section for fame, and, an, ex- you know, there's different parts of your house that supposedly represent these different areas of your life. And in Feng Shui, the Bagua map is used to enhance your life, to create the kick-ass life of your dreams. Um, But I was thinking a lot about the map, and I was thinking about, like, this just seems kind of superstitious to me. Like, who chose what section... Uh, means what it just seemed kind of like arbitrary to me so I did some reading up on the history of the Bagua map which is hard to come by I must say there's not a lot of information and what there is 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 really just the history of it is buried in myth it's like the mythology of the Bagua map as opposed to I would say the history of it uh, but one ex, I'm, I'm jumping a shark here by the way <laughs> where I'm tacking on the bit about the Bagua map Um, but one exclamation I came across traces the Bagua back to ancient shamans who used tortoise shells for divinatory purposes the tortoise shell came up a lot in that research and if you look at a tortoise shell it looks like the classic version of a Bagua map it has a similar um, shape and design And also, it just makes sense to me symbolically because, you know, the tortoise literally is like living in its home. It brings its home with it everywhere it goes. So, of course, it would be the perfect symbol for working with the energy of your home because I believe energetically we bring the energy of our homes everywhere we go. The tortoise is a really beautiful example of that, a good symbol, in my opinion. Um, One legend has it that. Feng Shui originated 4,000 years ago, and that the Bagua map, or Magic Square, as it is sometimes called, you might like that if you like magic, uh, it is the product of an ancient Chinese emperor's meditation. Apparently, this ancient Chinese emperor was meditating by a river or a pond one day when a tortoise emerged bearing markings that inspired the layout of the map, which if you watched my video on the Bagua, you know it originated in the shape of an octagon um, with like eight sections along the outside, kind of like the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. So there are like eight sections along the outside of the wheel or the octagon, and then in the center section, um, that's usually shown with a yin-yang symbol. The balance of masculine and feminine. At some point, uh, at some point along the way, the octagon was stretched into the magic square. Probably because there aren't too many octagonal homes on the market. (laughs) Most homes are roughly composed of squares and rectangles. And the Bagua map, it can also be stretched to accommodate a rectangular shape. So whatever shape map you're dealing with, you're going to have equal squares that comprise it. So you'll have nine equal squares because that center space is counted as a ninth section. Um, so you'll either have nine equal squares or nine equal rectangles. And that's how a bogwa map. You can watch that video if you want to hear more about that. But <laughs> I was really thinking about like where, why. Are these just like arbitrarily assigned sections? Like, why is this section the love section? Why is this section friends and helpful people? Um, Supposedly, and through the mysteries of numerology, these different sections, or guas, ba guas, guas of the map, they were assigned themes based on the numbers they corresponded with in the I Ching And that, as far as I can tell, is the reason that the upper right corner of the map corresponds to love and marriage, and the top left corner to wealth and abundance. It's a Chinese I Ching thing. (laughs) I have always been a person who is put off by correspondence charts, like in witchy books. You'll find these long correspondence charts of like, this herb corresponds with this planet, corresponds with this color and I I really rejected that in the beginning. Um, I've warmed up to it a bit over the years but a correspondence has to make sense to me medically or scientifically or at least intuitively in order for me to want to take it on as a part of my personal practice except when it comes to the bagua. <laughs> I don't know why but maybe because I discovered feng shui in my early woo-woo years, when I was still just so full of believing, before I was made a fool of too many times by my by my my gullible nature, you know, <laughs> um, you get made a, you know you get made a fool of too many times, and then you're like, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I must be woo-woo." You <laughs> know, you get a little like protective of yourself, and that's when I think the skepticism. Skepti- I want to say it again, the skepticism starts to set in, the skepticism, if if it wasn't there already, if you weren't born with it or raised on it. Uh, So I was just, I think, kind of enchanted by the mystery and promise of feng shui, that it took me a long time to question whether or not, you know, the center west portion of my home corresponds to creativity. That's my bathroom, by the way, (laughs) that part of my house. So Um, perhaps this is heretical for me to say, but I see no reason why you can't make a map of your own, you know, just using a bit of common sense and intuition. Like, no, my toilet is not the career section of my home, my office is. (laughs) You know? Or no, I don't think travel and helpful people make sense in my bedroom. That section is reserved for love. Um... I happen to enjoy using the traditional placement of the bagua for reasons I don't fully understand. It just delights me. But I would totally get it if you decided to go your own way. And you can, you know, make your own map and, um, or just work with the setup, the layout of your home, how you how you have it already. You can still apply many of the so-called cures of feng shui and the principles of basic energy flow. Um, a funny, funny quote. I don't know who this guy is, but it keeps coming up every time I Google feng shui. Jonas Erickson. I think it might be a quote from a piece of fiction he wrote, but he wrote, um, <clears throat> My view on feng shui. Don't put your bed in front of the door because you won't get in. <laughs> sense people common sense yes that speaks to me um a website called feng shui vibes did an interesting piece on the bagua map which really underscores its practicality i think i like to think of the pop of feng shui um yes it's woo woo yes there's some superstition some superstition involved but it can be very practical too and i liked that um they were incorporating the history of feng shui and emphasizing the practicality of it. Uh, So it was originally, feng shui was originally about utilizing the elements of nature in a way that provides food and shelter and safety, the basics of life, you know, so you don't end up building your home in an area prone to flooding or in a way that is positioned to take in too much or too little sun or wind. It's very thoughtful like that. I saved a couple of little chunks from that Feng Shui Vibes article. Feng Shui Vibes is the website. I saved a couple of chunks from that article that I wanted to share with you because they underscore this practicality, I think. So here's the first. Building sites that were considered to be the best location to live and work in harmony with the environment uh, were supported by mountains in the back, hills and forests on either side, and faced a waterway to the front of the property. A river could be used to irrigate the land and transport crops to market. Totally practical, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. And then another uh, quick little quote. You know what geomancy is? I hope you do. It's, it's, It's the... The energy of the earth. So like we have energetic meridians that run through our body that correlate like with a chakra system. So does the earth. The earth, we are reflections of the earth. The earth is a reflection of us as within, so without, as above, so below. So the earth has these energetic meridians as well. So that's what geomancy is. So here's that quote. As geomancers studied earth, and water wave forms and observed the energy or chi flow of the earth and heavens, their findings were recorded on the low pan. The low pan is a compass that enables the feng shui master to interpret the energies associated with directional flow. I'm not sure if I'm saying low pan correctly. It's L U O. So lu pan or low pan. I, I went with O. Um, so again, if If you watched my last video, you heard me mention the use of a compass in determining the placement of a Bagua map over your home. The compass is used in more traditional forms of feng shui, not the kind that I use. Uh, Black hat sect feng shui. I've just been saying black hat feng shui for short. Um, Or BTB, the Western version of feng shui does not use a compass, but I can see how that could come in handy if... If you ever have the opportunity to build your home from the ground up, to want to get a sense of like what the best placement for your home is, I think that could be really cool. Or if you even want to buy a certain property to build on because maybe the energy isn't what you want it to be. Um, Or maybe you prefer a more traditional approach to feng shui in general and you've been living in the same house for years and you just want to use the compass to help situate your stuff for better flow if so i say go on with your bad feng shui self you gotta do you i do believe that there is something in feng shui for everyone um and that we can why not why can't we customize this to our own tastes and desires and grow too i mean what i believe in like i said is so much to do with what I experience and sometimes I get in the mood to experiment a little bit and then that expands my experience and thus my belief system. So I'm changing all the time and growing all the time and there are many things that I used to be skeptical about that I'm now like, okay, I think this is really a thing. (laughs) So start where you are and let it take you somewhere. Have fun with it. Um, And I do think there's something in feng shui for everyone, even if it's just the decluttering portion um, which is really, that's all many people in the West focus on. Just decluttering. They don't even say feng shui. And and to great effect, I might add. You can have a lot of, you can have a big impact in your life just focusing on decluttering. I happen to think it's fun to play around with tools like the Bagua map. And then to like start adding in some really groovy space clearing techniques. But that's just me. It just adds another layer to here under feng shui just adds another layer to your understanding and experience of magic, in my opinion, magic with a K, magic that kicks ass, magic that actually works and help you, it helps you change your life. It gets you closer to creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. I can see feng shui working in my own life this way and why it's an awesome thing to talk about, <laughs> that we should talk about more often in the witchy community. A lot of people in the new age, community are into it. But I don't see a lot of witches talking about it specifically. So I would love to change that. And I can't emphasize enough how radical this experience has been for me this time around. It is literally changing who I am. <laughs> and I'm still in the process of it and excited to see where I'm going with all of this, where it's all going to lead, where spirit is going to take me. So we shall see. Let me know if you if you have any questions about feng shui or any comments, if you've been on your own feng shui journey, I'll, I would love to hear any of it. Um, thanks to those of you who have left me five-star reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much. That helps other people find the show, and I always get a huge kick out of it. So thank you to those of you who have taken the time to do that. And until we meet again, I'm going to go edit this thing. Edit out the gross parts. Much love to you. Peace.